This is Sydney. And I'm Cher. And each week we get together to share with you a message of hope. It is through our own study and our personal experiences that we offer the reminder to not only seek the light, but be the light. You can find peace and there is hope. And as long as one of us is slightly caffeinated, there will be laughter. Today's topic is patience. patience. I just don't know why you take so long to say it sometimes. It's patience. Today's topic is patience. (sighs) (laughs) Why do I suddenly feel like I'm teaching middle school again? (laughs) And we're so glad you're here. I'm forging my way through the tip, tip, top. I'm living my life through the drip, drip, drop. Okay, smarty pants, Sydney. Why should we have patience? When I was preparing for this one, I was cleaning my house, but I only had one hour to get everything done. And I was in my earphones listening to talks on patience and and through my house, I was sprinting. And it was like, it is such a good idea to slow down, (laughs) allow the natural flow of life. And I was like running to Rock's room to put away shorts, running to Titus's room to put away shoes. It was straight chaos. I wasn't even listening. I was like, nice words, (laughs) but you be patient with my schedule. It's just so full because the time of this recording, it was Halloween yesterday. And there's a lot to do. There's a lot of candy to collect. There's a lot of costumes to fix that were already broken. There's a lot of feelings to put back together. And there's a lot of teachers out there that please pray for them that they can make it through the day after Halloween. It is horrible. You could say that because you're a teacher. I just say it because it sounds good to say (laughs) I sound like a nice person. I'm like, pray for those teachers. They're probably really struggling today. Give my kid an A. <laughs> That's that. really is what will happen. <laughs> I felt bad. I I really did feel bad dropping my kids off today, but I didn't feel bad enough to keep them home. Right. Well, why would you? I don't want the judgment when I eat their candy, you know? Right. Like, I don't want them looking at me when you're and eating saying, all of it. You didn't even collect it. <laughs> yeah. It'll make it harder if they were home for you to steal all their candy. Right. And then you're like, well, I'm just making sure. There's no drugs in these candies, except for sugar is a drug, but we're going to all together as a society look past that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I need patience. Just talking about Halloween, I am losing my patience. People are way past Halloween by the time they're listening to this. Yeah. But I will say I saw one of the most beautiful example of patience last night on Halloween trick-or-treating. Imagine this. I can't. Okay. There was a family walking together and two little boys. They're probably around seven, eight years old. They said, Dad... Why are you going so fast? Grandpa's behind us. And I look over and there's this tiny little old man with his cane walking behind his family. And I watched these two boys who were so concerned that the family was far ahead. They both stopped and paused. And they just had this look of, I don't know what to do right now because everyone else is running ahead to get candy. But grandpa is now a block behind. So I was just standing there and found a comfortable spot in the cold cement and watched this whole <laughs> thing go down. I mean, I considered, can I give that man a piggyback ride? All right, great. I really did. I was like, okay. can I pick him up? Nobody thinks like that. Is that just a me thing? So you see an older guy mm-hmm. walking with a cane and your first instinct is to pick him up. We'll not, carry him, help him. But not to like grab his arm or Walk next to him. It's just, you're going to pick him up and throw him over your shoulder. What are you going to do? I was thinking like shoulder ride. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't very big. (laughs) That's what my kids prefer is the shoulders. Uh, Right. I think that nine out of 10 people would have had the same thought. I think you're the one (laughs) who's not thinking of picking up elderly old men. (laughs) This As is, a hobby. This has gone really no, wrong. No, listen, this is real. Let's okay, go. Let's, okay. Back to the subject, Cher. Okay. okay. The point is, I saw these kids and their dilemma that they had. 
And one of them ran ahead with the family. The other one, he just couldn't do it. He turned around and he did not pick up his grandfather, <laughs> but he just held his arm. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, mm. <laughs> the one. <laughs> and it was so sweet, though. It that was sweet. at seven years old when you're getting all this free candy. This major dilemma for a seven-year-old. Do you run ahead and you keep going or stop, turn around and do the right thing? And he did the right thing. And it was so beautiful. At that point, I do believe I got caught staring, but it's okay. I just thought it was such a beautiful moment. But then the best thing happened right after they walked together. The grandfather, he was so sweet and just wrapped his arm around his little grandson and they walked together and it was beautiful. It was a picture, a painting, a work of art. And then the little boy grabbed his hand and tried to drag him. <laughs> and I loved it so he's much. He's like, come on, grandpa, I know you can run. Yeah, he's like, we could go faster, but together, but let's go. I will throw you on my shoulders right now, grandpa. Let's go. G-paw. But I did think since patience was on my mind as I was preparing, I thought that is a very patient and loving little boy. It was so sweet. Yeah, that's great. But speaking of Halloween, last thing, and then Halloween will be done, I promise. <laughs> Once when I was young and trick-or-treating, I went by myself to get started. It was right after school and I went to the first house and I kid you not, the lady said to me, today is not Halloween. What are you doing? And I was so embarrassed and I was so confused. To this day, I'm 80% sure it was Halloween that day, but I can't remember past that memory. <laughs> but I think that's where the core moment for my life of me questioning everything started because she told me it wasn't Halloween and I was so sure it was. I was like six or seven. I was like, I don't know what day it is. And from then on, I've just questioned everything. It was that moment. It was that moment. So if you're out there, lady on the corner of Pima, Arizona, that's stuck with me. I think it was Halloween, but what if it wasn't? If someone came in a full costume and it wasn't Halloween and they knocked on my door and asked for candy, I would give it to them for the effort. We can move on from Halloween now for the rest of the time. Thank you so much for being patient with my Halloween information. You are very welcome. You're very patient. Thank you. I've had a lot of practice teaching 13 to 15 year olds. You're just right in the lane. <laughs> That's why I do so well in carpool with the middle schoolers. <laughs> anyway, I'm not very good at patience, actually. I feel like when I first started teaching, I learned patience and I was starting to get pretty good at it. And then it hit a tipping point and then I started to lose patience again. But just to give you an example of how my patience has not been my strength, that's for sure, is when I was about 12 or 13 years old, I had my very, very favorite cassette tape. I don't even remember what it was, but I just know that I loved it and I would listen to the music over and over again. And one day it got all wound up in the cassette tape player. The tape got all wrinkled and caught in it and I was devastated. I pulled it out and it was just all tangled and hanging everywhere. And my brother, who was like 22 or 23 at the time, he said, I can fix it. So he took it from me and I was grieving. I was just beyond help at this point. And he said, don't worry, I can fix it. And he started to kind of untangle it, but it was still kind of knotted up. And so he got a pair of scissors and he cut it. And I lost my crap. I wigged out on him. I started hitting him, telling him he was the worst brother in the world. And I just kept swinging at him. Now, remember, I'm like 12 and he's 22 and he's just kind of blocking and trying to stop my hands from hitting him. And he kept saying, calm down. I'm fixing it. I told you I'll fix it. And I didn't believe him. I just thought he was being a horrible big brother and breaking all my stuff. So I just kept hitting and I would not calm down and I was screaming at him. Finally, he had had enough and he hit me on top of my head. <laughs> but it wasn't like a hard hit. It was just more like a pop. You know what I mean? Like a proper pop. On yeah. The head. He just right on the top, just 
punk. And it shocked me. And I just sat down and he said, are you done? And I was like, yes. And he goes, okay, let me tell you what I'm doing. And then he explained to me that he had to cut it so he could untangle it. Then he could use scotch tape to put it back together. And he did. And it worked fine. And it was great. But I was so busy literally throwing a fit that I just wouldn't have any of it. All I saw was that he was ruining my favorite cassette tape and I wanted to get revenge and I was not patient in the process. This is symbolic for my whole life. I feel like I'm not that patient. That is just duct tape together. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but it's symbolic because I'm not patient in life and then I start throwing a fit and God is like, calm down, just calm down. I've got this, I have it figured out. And I just keep throwing a fit. And then he starts saying, if you don't calm down, life is going to hit you in the head. So calm down, just relax. I'll take care of it. And I don't relax and I don't let him take care of it at first. And then life hits me in the head. And then that's when I start listening. And that's when I have patience because at that point I don't have a choice. And then he fixed what feels impossible. I had no idea scotch tape would fix a cassette like that. Yeah. I had no idea. Yes, it does. It seems impossible. It's not. Ironically, when I went to college, that's how I did some of the editing, was slicing with a razor blade and basically scotch taping it back together. That's perfect, because then you used something that was painful yes. for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes, that's I did. perfect analogy. And every time I was doing it, I'd think of getting bonked on the head by my brother. What more can we say? There is nothing. The end. Be patient with us, because we're going to keep talking, but not about <laughs> Halloween. I let it go. But I really think that God can fix our trials as we're going through them. Things will work out, but oftentimes we just don't have the patience to look or notice or learn. We're just too busy throwing a fit and wigging out. And we just don't see another way. Exactly. And there's so often another way. We don't see that. Absolutely. And that is what my brother did. He's like, if you just calm down for a hot minute, I can explain to you why I did that. I'm actually trying to help you. And that's what God is trying to do. He's trying to help us, but we just can't see it because we're just too busy losing our crap. So when we think of the question, why have patience? God has it all figured out and he wants us to learn. And I'm really tired of getting hit on top of my head <laughs> because I, I don't have the patience that I should to wait and patiently learn. Literally, my head is hurting. I feel like that is something that I need to work on. This leads me to a scripture that is one of my favorites. It's in Romans chapter five, verses three through five says, but we glory in tribulations. I do not relate to the scripture. <laughs> I don't either. It gets better. Okay. When he says we, is it like him and one of his buddies? Yes. yes. It's okay. not us. It's not like me. It's not Sydney and Cher. I glory in complaint. <laughs> and lack of patience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, look at all this lack of patience. <laughs> Hallelujah. I feel this. <laughs> all right. I promise the scripture gets better. But we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. I love this because trials like getting my cassette tape all caught up in the cassette player and then my brother cutting it, that was my trial. But trials give us patience and patience gives us experience because then I learned why my brother was cutting it and experience gives us hope. And hope is what fills our hearts with the love of God. When I go through trials and struggles, I have been able to see in my life that patiently waiting on the Lord has given me experience, which has given me hope when I allow those opportunities to happen. And I willingly admit that I don't do that often enough. 
I love that. And I also thought that I think I figured out who we is because James 1, 2 says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. So it's those two. Right. Everyone else. It doesn't apply. Yeah, it doesn't apply. But the rest does. Mm -hmm. Patience, experience, hope, hearts filled with love. But the tribulation part just... Yeah, so consider it a joy when you have a stroke, Cher. <laughs> and Ben, consider it a joy when childhood trauma pops up and I'm unreasonable. <laughs> How joyful am I this week? We're all joyful here. Consider it a joy. That's my new saying. I'm going to say it all the time. When I'm unreasonable at home to my children, I'll be like, consider this a joy. Consider it a joy when you're dealing with Sydney and Cher. Right. It made me think of a definition that Bob Proctor gives. It says, real patience is an expression of deep understanding. And I loved that deep understanding because it takes you out of the muck of your situation to a higher perspective where you could see the greater picture that yes, what you're going through right now is horrible and not exciting and not fun and super inconvenient, but it's also going to help you become a better person, more compassionate more understanding. And it's these things that are stretching your soul to help you become who you are meant to be. It's a process. Yeah, it is a process. I love that. It creates that deeper understanding and a greater picture. This leads us to our question, how can I learn patience while waiting for promised blessings from the Lord? One of the things that I found that ties in perfectly with that is a quote from Sharon Eubanks. She said, I don't know all the reasons why the veil over mortality is so thick, This is not the stage in our eternal development where we have all answers. It is the stage where we develop our assurance or sometimes our hope in the evidence of things not seen. For those seeking truth, it may seem at first to be foolish, but with patience and faithful questions, Jesus can transform our windows of stone to glass and light. And I love that because if we look at our trials that we are going to get that deeper understanding and we'll be able to get that experience so that we can see the greater picture. So here in our mortal life, this is the time for us to learn with patience. And I love that she says, and faithful questions, because I think it's really important that as we're going through difficult things, as we're waiting for the Lord to answer our prayers or send promised blessings, that it's okay to ask faithful questions. Don't get snarky and cynical, but... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you lost me right there, actually. I, I apologize. <laughs> Some of us can stay snarky and cynical, but okay. to faithfully ask questions to the Lord and ask him and see what happens. It's okay when you're going through difficult things to ask him, why? What is it that I'm supposed to learn from this? I don't understand. He wants us to go to him because he is our loving Heavenly Father, and he wants to comfort us, and he wants to console us. That was a good quote. I was listening to a preacher talk about patience. And one idea that I liked was to remember that we are not born with patience. And I really liked that because if you think of a baby, they're not patient at all. When they're hungry, when they're sad, or when they're uncomfortable, you know about it and you know about it right away. Do we have to change that? Oh, I think other people should, but... (laughs) I think I'm still there, but keep going. (laughs) You will know when I'm hungry and tired. It's true. Yeah, it is true. I know. I I apologize when I'm hungry and tired, Sydney, and everyone will know. Oh, and I was saying that about myself. Oh, I thought you were saying about me. Oh, no. No, I would never. (laughs) But I don't know very many people that are not like that. 
I don't either. I guess but, we all need to work on patience. I and, mean, we're born a certain way and we're supposed to overcome that yes. and be better is the idea that's out there. Some would say. Some would say. <laughs> but I really like that he just says, accept the fact that you have a personal responsibility to change this. I really like that because it gives us power to realize that we can work on it and we can get better. When things don't work out, I don't hit people anymore <laughs> like I did when I was 12. <laughs> you grow out of that. We can learn from our past mistakes and we can grow. And patience is something that we can learn and get better at. It is something that you can learn and get better at. I really enjoyed a TED Talk so much when I was pulling up different talks on the subject of patience. I did notice almost every title was patience, your superpower, or why patience is a power. And I thought to myself, it is funny that everyone is saying this, but you never see on one of those comic movies that the person can change the weather, they can disappear, they can bring magnetic power together, but you're never like, and this <laughs> is the power of patience. Because <laughs> nobody would dress up like that for Halloween. Oh, I brought Halloween back. I'm sorry. But nobody would. <laughs> but there was a man who, his name is Oliver Berkman, and he gave such a delightful talk about patience. And I did almost stop listening first because he initially said, bring your spouse into this desire to be more patient. And I was like, what are you thinking? Are you married, sir? Because if I was like, Ben, will you help me with patience? The first time he mentioned me being more patient I'd bring back throwing tantrums. Turn into to 12-year-old to share. 12-year-old share. <laughs> yeah. Be like, fix my cassette. <laughs> so I almost stopped listening due to that comment, but I kept going because I was feeling patient. And I love so much of what he said. One thing, let me tell you, he said, is that this statement alone should let you know where society is with their level of patience. That it is estimated Amazon would lose $1.6 billion a year if their homepage screen took one second longer to load. Wow. 1.6 billion. Holy cow. And I am part of that problem. Because you're like, I really need those fuzzy slippers and then it doesn't load. And then you're like, I guess I don't. Exactly. I don't want them now. <laughs> Forget the fuzzy slippers. There is so much to reflect on that statement. There as really a society, is. as a human, myself, do I really want something and then it takes a second longer to load. And then you don't buy it. You didn't really need it. This was painful. That one sentence, I paused and I thought on it and I was like, oh my, we have some changing to do. Yeah, I do that with Netflix. It, it doesn't, doesn't load, load. I'm <gasps> done. Me too. You're like, listen to this Netflix. <laughs> but he also said that he once stood in front of the same painting for three hours. Three hours? Yes. And it wasn't just he was being cruel to himself, but it was an assignment given by a professor to go sit in front of a piece of art and study it for three hours. And he said he thought he was almost done. And he looked down. It had been 17 minutes. I probably would have looked down in about two and a half minutes. I know. <laughs> I, know. I was like, that's pretty good, actually. You should give yourself some more credit there, Oliver. 17 minutes <laughs> Seven, straight is good that's at solid. a non-moving picture. Yeah. Are you serious? That's pretty impressive. And he talked about how horrible it was to sit there <laughs> and look at it and try to act like he loved it, not that he was trying to get an A. But he said, here's what happened at the end. When you spend that amount of time and you get through the uncomfortable patience part and just accept that it is what it is, that you start to notice detail. 
that you'd never saw before. He started to notice little details in the back of a certain cup or a certain shadow or a light casting. And I loved the thought of that you start to notice detail. And I thought of times when I'm driving and I'm in a rush, the only detail I know is if somebody stops at a yellow light, I will notice that and I will hate them. (laughs) But if I gave myself time and I'm actually enjoying the drive and listening to good music, then you notice detail around you. And there's so much beauty all around us. And all of the middle schoolers will make fun of me now because if we're actually not in a rush, I think I've apparently said, look at those mountains too many times because every single time the middle school kids hop in the car, they're like, hey, Sid, did you notice those mountains today? I don't feel hurt by this at all. (laughs) But then I did think there are days I notice the mountains and there's days that I don't notice the mountains. If we can allow ourselves to be patient, then we live in the moment. And if we live in the moment, we're going to notice very beautiful details. I love that, especially when you have those questions, you do see more details and you start to notice, I'm just going to change the word just a little bit, those tender mercies that God is sending your way. If you do have the patience to quietly wait and ask, you will start seeing them. As an example, in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. So God has promised this to us. This is one of those promises that if we're patient, this is a promised blessing that he is willing to give us. And I know that when I've gone through difficult experiences and I've had questions, that there have been times where I've actually felt that rest in trials. An example of this is when my parents were both really sick. And I did feel heavy laden. I felt like there was a weight on my shoulders. I was exhausted physically and mentally, but I felt as time went on, I truly was yoked with God, that he was helping me and really dragging me along so that I could do this because I'm not strong enough to go through something like that. I'm a big baby and there's no way that I could do that unless I had help. And that, to me, was fairly obvious. So even though it was hard, I have to admit, I found rest in my soul because that trial did teach me patience, and having patience did give me experience, and that experience did give me hope that there is a heaven because I felt God's love while they were struggling with their health and as they left this earth. And I definitely felt God's love for me and them as they passed on to the other side. You could literally fill it. And it's hard to learn that. And it's hard to ask tough questions like, why is this happening to these wonderful people? Why do they have to go through this? And it's hard to be patient, but that's what leads to hope and filling our heart with love. And the one thought that I just kept having over and over again that I know God was just putting in my head is I could not think of a greater honor that I was chosen to help those two amazing people enter eternity into heaven. And That's the thought that kept coming to me. And I know that was an answer to my question. And that helped give me patience. That's what I was supposed to do at that time. Thank you for sharing something that's so tender to your heart. I know that's hard sometimes. It really is. But it was beautiful. It reminds me, there was a talk given by Neil L. Anderson once that changed my relationship with patience. Because it's a few years old, so my children were little. It feels sometimes exhausting to be a stay-at-home mom with little children. You just wonder, 
what am I doing or accomplishing? It feels like nothing. The laundry is never done. The dishes are never done. There's food on the counter. There's more food on the counter. There's food in the cushions and there's food in the car. And you're just wondering, will I ever shower? Will I ever accomplish anything? Is anything being accomplished? When he gave this talk, it changed my entire perspective. And I've used it for everything in my life because he says this, and I believe he's quoting somebody else. So the quote he shared is, motherhood is not a hobby. It's a calling. It's not something to do if you can squeeze the time in. It's what God gave you time for. And in the chaos of my life at that time, it was just go, go, go all the time and balancing so much and juggling so much. I suddenly realized that I had nothing else to get to, that everything I was supposed to do was right there in the moment. I was supposed to give my five-year-old and my three-year-old and my one-year-old love and attention. That is what God gave me time for. And I felt how blessed am I to be able to give that time, that I get to stay home with them, that I get to play with them and be there. And the house will be messy and it will be chaotic. But the most important thing is that moment right now. This helped me so much as a mother to let other things go and do what God gave me time for. This has helped me calm down and be more patient with whatever is going on. Instead of thinking of the 12 things I need to do, I say to myself, today I am preparing for this. This is what my time is for. Right now I'm with my 11-year-old. This is what my time is for. And I have found that has helped calm me down and be in the moment. And when you're in the moment, it is so much easier to be happy and joyful and present And I found if you're impatient, that opens up the door to be angry and upset and inconvenienced. And the flow is just completely different than if you just accept the natural flow of things. I have found that it's just smoother and it's just happier. But when we naturally tend to fight against the flow and we try to swim up the flow, it is so difficult and it adds so much stress. I agree. And that's a really good example. And I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes during trials, you do get those opportunities to realize this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I know that I treasured the moments I got to spend with my parents before they passed away because I knew they were growing short. And so I wanted to be there and I wanted to help them. It was tiring and it was exhausting, but I treasured those moments that I got to spend with them. I valued those moments. I love that so much. And I think that if we spend time to tell ourselves and remind ourselves that whatever is going on in our life at that moment is what our time is for, then there is a sense of purpose. This made me think of a Neil A. Maxwell quote that he talks about patience. He said, patience is a vital mortal issue in relation to our faith, our agency, our attitude toward life, our humility, and our suffering. I love the idea of it being a vital mortal issue that combined with being in the moment. Sometimes the only thing you could gather from what trial you're deep in is that you are learning patience and patience is vital. And sometimes that might just have to be enough. I love that quote because going back to a previous quote, you said, everything you just mentioned does give us deeper understanding. If we patiently wait upon the Lord, it will give us more faith. It will give us more opportunities or choices with agency. It will help us have a better attitude. It will bring humility into our life. 
and it will help us get through times that are difficult when you truly are suffering. That attitude switch really does help. I think of trials that I've been through where I wasn't patient and how miserable I was the entire time. And then when it was over, I still chose to be miserable. But for whatever reason, when my parents were sick, I chose to learn and I chose to be patient and I chose to wait upon the Lord. And all of the things that you just said, that really did happen. And it's hard, but you can learn during those difficult times. And along our journey of learning to be patient, I think sometimes it's most difficult to be patient with ourselves. I think it's because we know ourselves so well and we get to see our mistakes so clearly, like we get front row access to all of our mistakes and our weaknesses. And we put that on replay all the time, every day. Is there anything more difficult than trying so hard to make the changes you know you need to make and you desire to make and failing again and trying again and failing again. And sometimes nobody else knows. It could just be, I'm going to be a little bit kinder in my thoughts, but then they just roll in and it's exhausting. And it's so hard to forgive ourselves of our weaknesses and to be patient with who we are trying to become. I'm so glad you brought that up. I completely agree. I think that is one of the most difficult parts is to be patient with yourself because just like you said earlier, we're not born that way. We should be learning how to wait and how to be patient and take our turn and all of those things. One of the things that I learned as my dad was getting sick, my dad had dementia and my dad loved to go to the store. I would try to take him on the weekends and he would just pile crap in his cart and was just as happy as could be. But I also found out that my dad would say things that I was like, oh, please, dad, stop talking. And at first I tried to just stop him. And just be like, dad, be quiet. But he had dementia. He's going to say whatever he wants. And so I learned patience and I learned to roll with it. And you know what I learned from that? Other people are very kind and very patient if you just tell them what's happening. So my dad decided that he could speak multiple languages, all sorts. He could speak Chinese. He could speak Spanish. He could speak Navajo, Swedish, Danish. I mean, he was all over it. He knew English. That's all he knew. So he just pretended. Yes. But he really believed that he knew all the languages. So if he saw someone of a certain descent, he would act like he could speak to them in their native tongue, which was very embarrassing. (laughs) It would just be like, please, dad, you don't know Chinese. Please stop talking to them. But he would not. And so finally, I just got to the point where I would just say, as my dad was speaking Chinese that he didn't know to a random person at the store, I would say, I'm very sorry. He has dementia. He thinks he knows Chinese, to which they would always smile and nod and laugh because it was funny. And then they'd speak back to him if they happened to know that language. And my dad was always so happy that he was speaking with this person and was so proud of himself. That's when I realized, okay, I don't have to get upset and I don't have to get angry. I can just kind of roll with it and tell people. And out of all of those times that he did that, and trust me, he did it a lot. I only had one person that was rude. One in all of those times, I just told him what was going on and they would just roll with it. And it was fun and it was okay unless my brother was there and would encourage it. And then I wanted to punch him again. (laughs) That's amazing. What? I know it's true. But the point is I learned that number one, I don't have to try to fix things all the time. I can be patient. I can just roll with it. And the second thing is other people are really good out of all the times 
one person was grumpy and I just blew them off and moved on because everyone else was so great and so happy to help me and my dad. That is hilarious. I couldn't even say anything because I was like, what? (laughs) What do you do? Thank goodness for some good people, man. It's true. I just have to share when I got my reality check and when I realized I needed to have patience, I had actually taken my dad to the store and he was just trying to speak to everyone he could see. And then when we got home, he was reading the ingredients on the back of the stuff he had bought. And he was trying to say them in Japanese. And he's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I forgot how to read. And he just kept saying this over and over again, trying to read this language that he has no idea what he's reading. And finally, I got snappy and I turned around and I said, Dad, the reason you can't read it is because you don't know Japanese. And he turned the package around to me and pointed to what he was reading. He goes, it's because it's Chinese. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I started laughing and that's when I had my change of attitude. That was my bonk on the head was that moment. And I'm like, you know what? He's happy. Just roll with it. And people were really kind. You going through the experiences with your father just make me think of my kids and all the times I've had to be patient, even the times that they're like, mom, and you reply, yes. And they're like, mom, yes. Mom, yes. (laughs) Yes, dear. And it's mom. What? What do you want? I love you. Those times. (laughs) And you're like, really? Thank you. Little bonk on the head from a little two-year-old. I guess there's nothing like other people to help us become more patient, is there? It's true. I think it's just important, though, that we take all of this from being patient to ourselves to being patient in relationships with our children, with spouses, with coworkers, with aging parents, that we remember that truly this is what our time is for and that we accept that it is our personal responsibility to improve our patients and that the promise is there and the evidence that if we do take time and become more patient, then we get to live a life in the moment. We get to notice beautiful details from people's interactions to things that your children say or do to these beautiful moments you've had with your parents that are fun and beautiful and wonderful memories. If we can notice the details, then we get to experience this grand perspective of why we're here and what's important. And we will be taught so much in the process. Neil A. Maxwell says, we have been taught more than we could tell for the language used is not that which tongue can transmit and the changes that take place in our heart and in our soul. And then our ability to take that knowledge out into the world and help others is going to be priceless. And it's going to be a beautiful process and difficult, but maybe we can actually find the joy in it and be part of the we from the Bible. Sydney, that was beautiful. So this brings us to our final thoughts. As I was preparing for this topic on patience, a song came on and it's called Daughter of a King. And I just want to read part of it because I think it sums up perfectly what we are patiently waiting for. The chorus says, When I found God, he told me, Baby, I don't waste no time. It all works out. Just wait and see. I know it's scary, the unknown, but I will take the will when you spin out of control. And when you think you're not enough, just look at me to remind you, you are a daughter of a king. And that's our time of learning patience and getting that experience and hope and allowing God to fill our hearts And then they changed the chorus a little bit, and this is our promised blessing. 
And when our work on earth is done, we know where we're going to go to hang out with the chosen one. When we die, we know where we're going to go to live forever because heaven is our home. When we see God, he'll tell me, baby, I don't waste no time. It all worked out. Now can't you see? It was scary, the unknown, but I took care of things when they spun out of control. And now you know that you're enough because you're with me. Baby, you are a daughter of a king. And I just want to add, I truly believe that we are sons and daughters of a king. And we do have heaven to look forward to. We have rest as promised in the scriptures to look forward to. We have family and friends. We have each other and being with the chosen one forever because we are his children. And Isaiah 64 verse 4, it says, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither has the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. And that is what we're doing, is in this life, it is a time to prepare and to learn and to grow and patiently wait on the Lord because he will fulfill all of his promised blessings. And I just want to add, I truly believe that we can do hard things, at least I hope. And we can patiently wait for him. Yeah, baby. Jesus is going to take the will. Don't worry about spinning out of control, baby. <laughs> I love that he said baby and it made me happy. <laughs> That's funny. And it kind of works since we talked about being a baby. You can interpret that however you desire. Mm-hmm. But we invite you to accept our challenge this week. Our challenge is to ask more faithful questions for the trials that you're facing. Allow God to turn those windows of stone into windows of glass and light. We challenge you to bring back practicing the pause and be aware and remind yourself that this is what your time is for. Whatever you are going through, remind yourself and be patient with yourself and believe that what you are doing is important and it is what God gave you time for right now. Have a good week. Have a good one. I'm forging my way through the tip, tip, top on Drip, drip, drop When eternity's plan I just can't stop I'm making my way through The drip, drip, drop It's blooper time Alright, I just had the word enchilada Come to my head for no reason at all I think it's Satan <laughs> For all Mexican food, Satan No? Is that different for you? Oh, I, don't, I, I feel like you need to say something snarky I'm feeling it Right. You ready? No okay. <laughs> okay. And I thought, no, I cannot. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> Don't add that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, wait. They are providing us with... Wait, what am I saying? Various trials. Is that you? Or was that me? Sorry, it was no, me. It's okay. Enough. One, last time? Yeah, sorry okay. about that. No. the other. I'm sorry about the other 17 times. <laughs> Shoot, what was I saying? Good. Are mushrooms that bad to use to get high? <laughs> They're natural. No. Try again. <laughs> you don't like that? No. That's a real question. <laughs> Maybe I really do need to work on these questions. Just one time, share. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that. Good job. <laughs> Good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. 